0: This is Dr. Brent Pritt with Science of Falling, and today I got a special treat for you. I was invited onto the PK podcast on my buddy Ed Whitehead Runs, and we talked about shoes, footwear, uh, feet in general, how to keep them healthy, as well as all things parkour and uh, related to that. Additionally, I hope you enjoyed the new intro music. I'm trying to keep things fresh, keep it updated a little bit, always improve Science of Falling. So if you have any suggestions, Let me know. Anyway, let's get into it and listen in. Um, Here we go. Let's see. Let's see if this
1: works. There There it is. is. There you are.
0: Hey, what's up, man?
1: What's happening, my dude?
0: Not much. It's chilling early morning in California. How you doing?
1: Uh, I'm good. How's the weather over there? Better than over here, I hope.
0: Oh, it's fantastic, man. We got It's looking good blue skies
1: so jealous so jealous it's like it's i don't know if you can hear it i have like a metal roof um on my house and it's just like chucking it um (laughs) yeah so um what i kind of wanted to do today was kind of you know chit chat you know like parkour chit chat about like Mm -hmm. footwear foot health things like that so for uh Brent's audience, uh who don't know me, uh my name's Ed Whitehead, uh parkour instructor over at the Main Warrior Gym. Uh, I'm an ISSA certified personal trainer. Uh been doing parkour for a little over you know ten years, probably eleven, twelve at this point, been practicing coach for about seven. Um uh met Brent through parkour, swell dude. Um uh who's a... Groomsman at my wedding and all that stuff and he's uh been a really good friend um brent you want to give a little bio about yourself for my folks
0: yeah for sure um my name is brent Pritt. i'm a doctor of physical therapy uh i was actually going to university of new england in portland maine for a while that's how me and ed hooked up actually the one of the first places i ever went to when i moved to maine like in the first two days was the Maine warrior gym and uh, it was kind of my first little Maine family out there. So it was really cool to meet everybody and uh, find that kind of like-mindedness there. Uh, yeah, so I'm a doctor of physical therapy. I moved back to California. i still up in the air from staying here and going back to Maine. But I work as an outpatient physical therapist yep. uh, at a place called Sunum Hills Physical Therapy. And I run uh, Science Falling. It's a project I started about six months ago, I think, when I was studying for my boards, all about basically bridging the gap of falling techniques and balancing into the physical therapy world because i just don't think you know some of the cool techniques that are in parkour uh ever translated into that world and they're just so beneficial uh so yeah that's me
1: yeah and you know do come back because we miss you a ton but uh yeah yeah (laughs) come back um but uh yeah i think you know it's it's interesting right because i think i was actually talking I forget who I was talking to yesterday, but, uh, we were talking about, oh, I was Jesse, I was talking to Jesse cause we were out training. Mm-hmm. Um, but um talking basically about, you know, the healthcare model, right? How it's very like remedial versus preventative. And I feel like, you know, there's the assumption that, you know, there's not money in preventative, uh, healthcare mm-hmm. and that's why there's so much focus on, um, your treatment versus prevention, but I think like a big part of like what you're aiming to do with science of
0: falling is to prevent those injuries from happening in the first place, which I think is pretty noble. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's, it's it comes down to insurance, and I know a lot of your audience doesn't really probably doesn't care that much about yeah, right. the insurance <laughs> side. It's all about parkour, right? But yeah, so it comes down to insurance, and it's all red tape. It's so hard to get people like the actual help they need because insurance doesn't want to pay out. But I'm like parkour, such a functional like awesome sport that it i told somebody the other day it's like driver's ed for the body you know everybody has to take a driver's ed course to drive a car but nobody has to learn how to you know drive their own body and be able to protect themselves and use the the emergency brake which i you know is basically falling like yeah. it doesn't make any sense to me it feels like a, something that every kid in high school and middle school should be taking as the p.e classes like parkour how to fall like it's just so useful
1: yeah i mean have you are you familiar with the uh sierra program uh like high school phys ed like during the kennedy administration at all
0: sounds familiar yeah, yeah sounds a little like bit it, but
1: you're um, sorry go ahead
0: no i said i said yeah it sounds familiar but you're the history buff that's your that's your lane man. <laughs>
1: yeah um i mean it was i forget where exactly in california but it was the la sierra high school and essentially it was part of a um, bid from the kennedy administration that it was essentially like proto-parkour, right, where, like, they had the idea that, you know, if you have a strong body, you have a strong mind, and then you're going to be a more productive citizen uh, to the uh, Republic. You know, so, uh, yeah, so there was this program It was almost a little militant, you know, like, it was a lot of, um, like, calisthenics, uh, but, like, these, like, I know it's, it's kind of like in old movies where, like, it's like they're sixteen but they're really like forty-five. Like these kids were like <laughs> jacked, you know. Like they they didn't look like teenagers, but they like the um, the discipline and yeah, you know, the self discipline and the rigor that they were going through was like some pretty like rough stuff, um, mm-hmm. which I think you know is kind of lacking uh, today. There's not enough like challenge, and I think you know parkour is kind of like you know productive struggle right and being able to learn yeah. and be able to learn yourself through that um so you know i think you know moving into like footwear you know there's a lot of i think you know it's funny i just recently switched footwear i'm wearing i um, mm-hmm. familiar with uh strike movement
0: No, you were telling me about this and they're pretty good, but I haven't worn them or really tried them out yet.
1: Yeah, they're a a little on the pricey side, but I think it's, you know, it's worth it just from the performance that I've been getting out Mm -hmm. of them. Just like from the grip alone, they're godly. Yeah, (laughs) it's like this cross-platform, like solid rubber construction. Uh, Uh, But the big thing about them is that they're kind of, they're, they're very flat and they have like a low drop point on them. Yep. But not like I've been training in the band's ultra range for a better part of like almost two years up until mm-hmm. I was in the strikes. And, you know, I was of the mind that, you know, having a little bit of extra cushioning, you know, was, you know, saving my joints and stuff. But what I actually found, which was super surprising, is going to more minimalist footwear. I found that it was a lot more responsive and I actually have less joint pain. Uh, i'm able to manage things and impacts better whereas kind of letting the foam do a bit too much for me so you know in your experience of footwear and kind of like the science of falling Mm -hmm. project like how does footwear um you know affect one's health and their joints and you know the fall risk and
0: things like that it's huge it's so huge and i think it's one of those things that uh You know, for babies where we pop out the womb and we got these nice toes splaying out and these feet are, you know, not necessarily ready for the world because you're you're just popped out, but (laughs) you are yeah, your muscles are primed to get up and start, you know, working and trying to learn how to use that foot and everything. And as we grow at some point we uh we just either our parents or you know, grandparents, somebody puts us into these little tennis shoes. Um and uh you know, the one thing I always think about is uh in california at least you know when the new nikes drop parents will try to get their kids a nike at all costs even if it's a size or two below their foot size just to make their feet look cool and then think about that what that does to a foot yeah exactly like it scrunches her foot you're basically doing like the chinese foot binding it on like a a certain level it's
1: it's funny when you said that because i didn't like uh, the way i heard that was like they were trying to like intentionally shape their foot a certain way, not just to have like cool, cool <laughs> sneakers on their feet. Like, wait, that's a little weird, uh, but, <laughs> but, but I know. Yeah.
0: yeah, essentially shoes have become this uh, status symbol in this, uh, which is, I mean, fine. like I love, man, I'm a shoeaholic. like I'll buy shoes and try to like buy the coolest ones I can, but um, it destroys your feet, man. And it's all the cushion, it's the, the heel, um, or the lack of the zero heel drop, and it's just you know the, the toes get binded that's where bunions come from and all these things like shoes have so much to do with our foot health and our movement ability and if you get something that's more minimalist your foot's going to work the way it should work you won't get you know jacked up toes you will have a strong arch and a strong just foot in general and you know in terms of parkour since that's kind of the audience we're going for here um uh, you're going to move better with less impact force and you're going to use your ankles, your knees, your hips, everything a lot more efficiently to absorb the force rather than waiting for that, you know, that one or two inches of foam on the back to take all the force for you. And then you just get lazy. I mean, it doesn't make much sense to me, but it's, it's the way we've been, um, inundated with these shoes since we were a kid. And it's just, you know, it's what we're used to and moving to a minimalist shoe seems scary because it hurts. You're not ready right,
1: sleep. and I think you know, as you said, I think it's been the 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 narrative that's been told for so long is that you know like supportive and cushiony footwear is going to give you better endurance and stuff, but it's really just kind of like you know it's so almost like a safety net and kind of like a crutch I've found you know like um you know I'm noticing that I'm mm-hmm. even in just like two weeks of wearing shoes, so I'm like jumping farther, jumping higher. Um, my landings are better, they're quieter. Um, so, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a convert, like I'm, I'm getting into you know, minimalist footwear. Um, I still have an arch in, in my, in my shoe. Cause I do have pretty flat feet and have this like, mm-hmm. wrist, like Q angle with my knees. Uh, but just like having that flat foundation, I'm noticing, um, big improvements in my own personal parkour practice.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, uh, one, a huge important thing, kind of what you're saying, but it's kind of a tangent off of it. Um, is that even though minimalist shoes and, you know, things with a shoe with a wide toe box are really, really good for you. There is a breaking in period. There's a getting used to a period. There's a period right. where your feet and your legs are going to feel like they're trashed because you've never done this before. Um, right. I always say it's, you can't go into the gym and never have lift, you know, lifted 400 pounds and then lift 400 pounds. Right. It doesn't work. And right. people look at your feet like there's something different because we're on them all day, but we're on them all day with pillows on our feet because these shoes have so much foam. So the minute you go essentially barefoot or you know minimalist footwear everywhere, you're going to be sore. Your arches going to be working more. Yeah, you know your your bones are going to be remodeling. Like they're not ready for that force, especially in parkour. So it's it's there's a breaking in period, and in the first couple of weeks, if you're not ready for that um, terrible, terrible like just bad time of being sore all the time you're not going to make it and you're going to have the misconception that they're actually bad for you. But I think you're right. Like after two weeks, you probably feel great.
1: Yeah. And, and that's kind of, I mean, you know, the, there is some foam in these strikes, right? It's not like a total zero drop, but it's a a low drop. Right. So like, I'm I am a lot lower to the ground, so I definitely feel it. And you know, it, you're right. Like you definitely don't want to be going into the gym with, like, a pair of, like, five fingers and, like, expect Mm -hmm. them to feel like ultra rangers. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Like, bruise your heel or something. Um, So, yeah, you definitely want to, like, wean yourself in. It's interesting, you know, like, with, um, you know, I've had concurrent ankle injuries over the course of my parkour career and, Mm -hmm. you know, wearing wearing these shoes. uh, I had a pair of um, low-top, A low tops that I wore briefly of of the specific shoe, and even though it was a low top, just like being lower to the ground, um, I felt a lot more stable, you know. Like, it wasn't wearing a high heel, you know, was like, you know, weren't different between wearing a stiletto and like a Mm -hmm. slipper, you know what I mean? So, like, I think that's a misconception, um, you know, it's like, you know, this heel. In the back of the foot is going to be hurting you um, in more ways than one. Yeah, you know, it makes you so mm-hmm. much more susceptible to rolling your ankle. Over, my dad actually just um, really wrecked his ankle walking down the stairs no. in a
0: pair of hokas. Um, oh. and, hokas uh, are. I have yeah. lots of patients that come in now, and they're all about. They love hokas, and I'm like, hokas are cool, but they're just a normal running shoe. Like, there's yeah, not really much of
1: one at that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, carry on, yeah,
0: sorry.
1: Yeah, no, it's like, you know, it's just like the the archetypical, thick-heeled, soft, pillowy running shoe, right? And he wasn't even doing anything. He was walking down the stairs. And now he might have an avulsion fracture, you know? So, like, <sighs> it, yeah. So, it's, um, yeah, he's he's going in this week to go speak of an orthopedist. Um, he had an x-ray and, like, nothing's definitive, but it's, like, pointing towards that. Uh which is uh. unfortunate because he's a marathon runner and stuff and it would like put him out for a while. Um, but yeah, I mean yeah, it's, it's it is interesting just like how yeah, you know, like parkour is cool because I feel like it it's trying to almost like it's it's kind of like you were saying it's like, you know, the like driver's ed for the body, like going back to the roots and the foundation of it where you know there's so many things that are trying to like kind of forget like where you know how we move and where we come from right getting more in touch with our environment more in touch with our own bodies and in tune of it you know with like you know big machines and things to like you Mm -hmm. know our chests and our gamma muscles and then like walk around like this all day (laughs) yeah you know so like it's yeah i think you know i it's interesting with parkour though because like it's It's kind of hard. It's a hard sport to monetize uh, because of how inherently accessible it is. You know, it's kind of a catch 22 where like, because like, I mean, if you look at skateboarding, for example, right. You have um, a quantifiable competitive um, model for the sport. Right. And then you have like, you have the deck and you have the grip tape and you have the trucks and the wheels and the bearings and whatever. So you can all like sell that. And like a company can be like, we're going to sponsor, uh, Bam Margera or like uh, Neen Williams mm-hmm. to go like wear our t-shirt and do some cool stuff on the skateboards and maybe put a sticker yeah. on his deck or something. But like with, with parkour, it's a little harder because it's a bit more, it's broader and it's more nuanced and, um, you know, there's no, it's it's a young sport still, right, Um, relatively speaking. So it's, yeah. you know, the standard for footwear hasn't really been super established yet right? Like there've been attempts to make footwear for parkour, like, um, like K-Swiss was probably the first in event I can think of that, um, I was trying to, uh, uh, replicate the Kalengis, um, in the, uh, the, the K-Swiss Ariaki and, mm-hmm. um, I had a pair of those and I thought they were the coolest ever and it was just like, <laughs> it just, um, uh, yeah, <laughs> a little cringy now, but, um, then, um, you know tempest has had a couple of iterations of parkour shoe and their most recent one the uh the, the flare pro model one um mm-hmm. that jesse the Flair is um you know his signature shoe that they're all wearing on um ultimate tag and stuff like that but even then it's kind of like you know it's got this thick heel and stuff like that uh but going on to uh tag and stuff you know like i've, I've been watching world chase tag at all
0: no man, I don't have TV. I really want to. I have Netflix and stuff like that. But oh my god, I know they're fin- they're finally airing it on TV, right? So I mean, I've yeah. watched, kept up with the YouTube videos and stuff from the past, but I haven't seen any new stuff. But you know, it's it's kind of interesting that they're all. I think padding in a shoe has its place. I think, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make it akin to a CrossFit thing that I I kind of talk about sometimes. So so if you look at a CrossFitter in a competition, right, they do kipping pull-ups. Yep. Because they're they're efficient, they they save time, they're super quick. Uh, but I listened to a chiropractor one time, who's a really cool chiropractor that I, I follow. Uh, but he was kind of, he's big in the CrossFit world. And he says, you know, you, there's a time and a place for everything. But a kipping pull-up should, pull should only be in competition because it doesn't actually make you any stronger. It's all right. about technique. And once you have the strength underlying that kipping pull-up, you're gonna do way better in competition. So do normal pull-ups outside of the competition and only do keeping pull-ups in the competition. So if we bring that to kind of the shoe era, you know, train everything barefoot, train everything with minimalist shoes. So your feet get super, super strong, your mechanics get on point. And then once you're in a competition, throw on some of those Jesse Liffler flare shoes, have the padding there so you can make those big jumps and make those big dives and chase tag. And now you're almost superhuman because you have yeah. that extra padding that's would deter from me most of the time, but because you're only wearing it in certain points, it actually ups your game a little bit instead of detracts from it. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, no, that makes sense. I don't know. I'm of two minds with that because I feel like with parkour, I know for me certainly um, there's yeah you, know, you get used to how something feels and tactility is super important in parkour. Mm-hmm. Being able to be able to respond to when like you know if you have like I don't know like it may, maybe I overthink things compared to the average parkour athlete but mm-hmm. like you know you, you the way that something feels underfoot in like a pair of strikes is going to feel very different to how it feels in a pair of Vans right yes. so you know it, there's a you if you get so used to training a certain way I'm I'm kind of of the mindset where if you know if I were to say go into a competition I'm training as if I would be in the competition, right, so like i'm i'm it's like um i don't know like kinda of like method acting i guess, i guess i guess <laughs> right, so you know like being you know always like kind of game ready um and knowing what to expect, I think you know if I were to you know if I'm training in my strikes and then go into competition with um you know like the ultra range, it would feel kind
0: of weird, yeah. I get that. I get that. Yeah. I think maybe it's a, maybe it takes a ramp up period. I don't know. Cause for me, it's like, you know, cause they they go, they go hard in those competitions, any kind of parkour competition, you're, you're hucking it, you're diving for it, whatever you're doing, you don't, your body kind of goes on the wayside for that competition. Yeah. So I think, I mean, if we're talking like that, I totally agree with you. And maybe if you're trying to get the best of both worlds, you would do like you'd normal training, always in a barefoot, always in the strike movements, whatever you want to do. And then like, you know, for a month before the competition, you train in the shoe you plan on training, or you just train in the shoe you've been training. And if you're okay with that extra impact on your foot, I mean, the body does have its limits and you have to train with those impacts to make it so you can kind of survive the competitions. Um, yes. I think it just, it's a, it's a personal opinion, but I, you know, I agree with you. Um, I just think there's, there can be some benefit to switching shoes out, um, for the shock absorption factor, maybe not for the feel factor.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. you know, I've, I've, it's, it's interesting because I, like, I made like a bold switch over to the strikes and, you know, like I haven't trained outdoors with them yet. I mean, like, mm-hmm. you know, like you're in a controlled gym environment, we have like wood obstacles, there are hard obstacles, um, you know, so I'm prepared, you know, in, in that sense. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I haven't tried going back to the vans yet to see, you know, to kind of feel the difference yeah um but you know just like just in the improvements that i see in like my technique and and how it how i feel afterwards training it, it, i feel like i'd be hard pressed to go back
0: totally understand why well, yeah i used to my first minimalist type shoe basically with the you know a flat sole and good grip was the Feiyu's, and yeah. man going from um my when i first started parkour i just wore like running shoes inside cuz i was a, i was an idiot but uh yeah. i uh i started using those fayus and it it's it feels so much different under your foot you can feel everything the grip's amazing don't get me wrong but yeah um yeah the the it's the shoe you wear is going to dictate how you move and i moved way differently with the fayus versus the running shoes just cuz when i did a rail precision just the feeling on the balls of my feet i could feel everything if my technique was shot I was not in a happy mood afterwards. Right. So I mean, uh, yeah. Sorry.
1: Yeah. No, no, yeah. I, I was just going to say that, like, I feel like from that perspective, it's much better to train in, you know, a more minimalist shoe. That's like, you know, more flexible that you can feel more of the ground in because it's yep. going to make your technique better. Like
0: mm-hmm. with,
1: um, you know, think you know, big padded heavy shoes, um, you know, or, or, just padded shoes. Um, you're going to. There are going to be things that you don't necessarily feel in the moment, but you know, over time, it's going to come back to bite you. You know.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. It's it's all cumulative damage on your body. And if your technique is flawed, and then you change shoes one day, or you yeah. just keep using a crappy technique, your knees, your hips, or something's going to pay for it. Especially in a sport like parkour. I mean, the the amount of forces going through your body and what you have to basically absorb is insane. And if you're so used to a padded heel, taking, you know, 10, 20% of that force, whatever it might be, uh, um, your, technique's probably pretty shoddy at that point.
1: Yeah. So like with like talking about knees, um, you know, in your practice, um, you know, when, when folks come in for, for knee stuff, like what is one, what is their chief complaint with the knee and to, um, you know, what kind of shoes are they wearing on their feet?
0: For sure. Yeah. So knee stuff is interesting. Cause it, you know, the knee is, uh, what I've heard called the dumb joint. It doesn't really do much. It has more, you know, flexion, extension. It's a hidden joint it has a little bit of rotation at the tip and fib, but for the most part, people come in with aches and pains. Uh, some people have meniscus tears, um, but it all really comes down to how the hip and the foot are working. Um, so, you know, is the hip stabilized with the, you know, the, the glutes, the, the butt muscles, are they able to stabilize the hip, which ends up stabilizing the knee, but also at the feet, if we go down there, um, if the feet aren't able to support themselves, so either they're not stable enough because a padded shoe with an arch is adding all the stability for them. And the muscles in the foot aren't firing up that causes instability at the knee. Um, it's kind of like the body's kind of like a Jenga tower, you know, if you have a Jenga tower, yeah. And you take out two of the blocks from the bottom and it's just hanging on one single block. Any kind of little force is going to make the whole tower fall down. So, you know, the foot, a lot of these people come in and they have, you know, normal tennis shoes, stuff they've been told by doctors, podiatrists, somebody that these are good for you. They have a good arc for all this stuff. And I, I just look at them and I'm like, all right, well, let's take your shoes off. Let's do a single leg squat. Let's see how much your knee wobbles while you're doing this. Do you have any stability here or are you just, just, just lacking motor control. Um, and nine times out of 10, their foot can't stay fully on the ground. So they start losing their big toe off the ground or something. And their stability has gone. Their knee wobbles in and out. And their hip starts doing this weird little dance. And it's just the shoes that people are wearing. And a lot of them are going to be Hoka's or, um, what's the other one? Brooks. People love Brooks and Sakani's yep. and all these, like these really good, you know, famous running shoes or fitness shoes. But for the, Fact of being an actual foot they don't really work um so these people have these shoes that are great for them but what because they're great for them they do all the work for them and then their foot becomes really shoddy and then it ends up leading to a knee problem a hip problem something else um and i would say shoes lead to more knee problems than anything else because it just changes your mechanics it changes how you walk i mean it's just it's ridiculous
1: yeah i mean you know talking about like the breaking period of shoes right like you know it's funny like i won't lie like definitely was sore in spots that i wasn't <laughs> expecting to be like particularly like in my calves right just because like my shoe was like flatter to the ground um and yeah there's more like um you know dorsi or like a, no not Dorsey, like plantar flexion in the foot um you know mm-hmm. pushing away um and you, but it was like a good sore you know what i mean it wasn't like oh no my patella tendinitis uh, you know <laughs> um you know it was it was interesting just like experiencing kind of like is this how it's supposed to feel you know you know what i mean like <laughs> just like this it's a oh, week like, it's it's right? yeah yeah um so it was it was weird going in because i totally expected to like Feel like every single impact, and like uh, you know, like I definitely like I eased into it at first. You know, like it's mm-hmm. like let's see how this feels. Like little precision here, little drop here, and as as time went on, you know, you just like start to feel better. And you know, I think just um, based off of that, I I would certainly encourage just from, you know, from a performance perspective uh, that minimalism is the way to go. And I guess what what we're hearing from you is that from like a health professional's p- perspective is like that's the way to go
0: it is it just with a caveat that you got to build into it i mean your body does an amazing way or has an amazing way of adapting so you know if you go from a really padded shoe most of the time you're going to do it with a heel strike right because that's where all the padding is and it feels the best and blah 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 and when we walk we kind of walk that way too um, but then when you go to a minimalist shoe you know your body at first your, your first couple steps are gonna be rough because you're still programmed to hit with your heel. And then it's just, Oh my God, there's no padding there. But eventually you start hitting your feet a little bit flat or you start running a little more, you know, on the front of your toes and stuff. Um, and that's what you do when we're barefoot because you physically can't run heel to or heel strike when you're barefoot because you're going to break your calcaneus or something. Right. Um, but yeah, for sure. If you, if you know, there's a break in period, uh, like a body adaption period, I, and you expect that and you're, you know, expect it to be maybe a couple months or, you know, even six months of doing it hundred percent way better for your health. It's going to cause, um, way less injury. And there's a lot of people that would argue that, but a lot of those people look at it, you know, in the moment, if we switch shoes right now, which one's going to give us less injury. Um, if we look at it as a buildup ramping up period, it's going to be a whole different story
1: right exactly i mean it's an interesting point i was just thinking about this because i got my cat on my lap here right (laughs) and here she is here's nina and like you see like how her feet are right so like that would be like the ball of her foot here there and the the heel is in the back there so like you see it in nature too right it's like that that four foot strike is Mm -hmm. kind of like how most creatures in in nature move so why would it be any different for us yeah yeah you
0: know? it's true and it's it's i think it's it's a it's a partly a psychology thing because we are a slave to our our uh, experiences in life so you know um if someone's only been alive for you know 30 40 years all they know is the shoes that we have but you know the the shoes that we have nowadays are pretty new in the space of history and space of yeah. human history even like you know, normal running shoes like Adidas and stuff were only made a hundred years ago. And then they started, you know, trying to change the heels and adding more padding because there was, you know, you have to get speed during, when you're running, which was a big, you know, a rich person sport back in the day, because you had to be able to afford these shoes. Um, you're looking at how fast your turnover rate is for your feet or how long your stride rate is. So they said, if we add more padding here, we can increase the stride rate, which means that we can go farther, faster. And it was just this really misconceived notion. I mean, it was a it was a well put together idea. It made, it made sense and it works. Um, but that that's the problem. Like we have good intentions with these shoes, and now that's all we know. So that it seems normal, quote unquote. But you know, also being obese and overweight and unhealthy in America is normal right, too. Yeah. So the normal the normal isn't yeah. good. It's 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 what we just are okay with. And minimalist shoes are actually the real normal they're not even normal shoes in general aren't normal. Um, but like, you know, it's, it's what is more normal for us while adding the protections that we need in the modern world with nails and, you know, some places like have needles and stuff in the ground and parks and whatnot for kids. Like you don't want those kids walking around there um, without shoes on. So having a minimalist shoe with a wide toe box is going to make your foot more normal. Um, and I think it's just, it's another fact to reiterate. This is, you know, having a left and right shoe, which seems pretty obvious to most of us, is a pretty new invention. It's I think it's only been around for, I think it's around the same like a hundred years or so, maybe give or take twenty years. Um, yeah. You know, back in the day they had one shoe, no left and right, and that just sounds crazy to us now. So if you think about it, it's none of it makes any sense. It's just progressively getting better, and I think our progress is going to, for evolution, evolution of the shoe is going to end up going backwards, but still evolving the shoe into a more minimalist but protective kind of um covering. yeah
1: i mean i wouldn't say backwards i would say probably like more like yeah, you know, more maybe authentic i think yeah yeah you know, i think um you know i what what i really like about strike movement as a company is that you know they're trying to make shoes that can kind of do a little bit of everything and you know like mm-hmm. they encourage that four foot strike you, you know you, you can you in them you know you can cross train you can travel um so yeah being able to like kind of like you were saying like you know stand up to the the modern hazards of today while still being authentic to the human form uh mm-hmm. so i think you know um i think that's what um you know definitely like you know if you're looking to you know if you are a parkour athlete and you're looking to be as good as you can I think you know you need to be authentic and you know there may be a bit of an awkward like um you know break in period but I think you know the main takeaway from this I think is that you know um minimalist is better it doesn't have to be like a five finger uh just like piece of rubber slapped onto your foot but like it you know it doesn't want to be you know like finding like a nice middle ground between like you know this like high-heeled hoker and you know like a a slipper i think is you know athletically the way to go
0: mm-hmm. i agree and it's it's super you know super cool now there used to be a very uh few minimalist type shoes like vibrams was like the biggest one and you know then they started getting sued and whatnot and it was all this big hoopla but there's so many minimalist shoes nowadays um and they all look are starting to look pretty dope some of them are pretty really ugly like i'm a big shoe connoisseur like i like good looking shoes um and I have a pair of Witten running shoes and they're ugly as hell. They're God awful. I hate them, but they feel so good when I run in them. And then I just got so a new pair of, uh, limbs for my work shoes that right. you know, I'm doing a, uh, 30 day healthy foot challenge and just trying to like do everything. Minimalist shoe work on my feet and everything right now. Um, and the first couple of days were rough again, like we were talking about, but you know, the shoes look good. They feel freaking fantastic. Um, and they're just so many, there's so many styles. And flavors of minimalist shoes now, uh, it's awesome. But that also makes it harder to find a good one for your chosen sport like parkour. Um, I know a parkour buddy of mine was asking me about the the lems I'm wearing now. He's he's asking me if they have good grip on the bottom because you know it's, you don't want to go for a rail pre and then just slip right. out. Yeah. And I was trying. I have a little rail I balance on here. And I was trying them out. I was like, ah, they're kind of okay. But you know, it's the intention behind the design that you know, lems never said this is going to be a parkour shoe where strike movements. Like, all right let's let's figure this out this needs to be an everything type shoe yeah. um I, don't, I honestly think man if they had a better structure of their shoe with the same rubber on the bottom ultimate parkour shoe for sure like i just yeah like yeah, yeah. only parkour though they wouldn't be good for anything else but they'd be good yeah. for parkour yeah. it's funny i heard
1: um a super interesting fact about fair um last week um you know how like when you get them out the box they have this sort of like peach fuzz on the bottom yeah. of them. Yeah. Uh-huh. So they, they do that so that they can write uh, it off as a slipper, not an athletic shoe, <laughs> so they can get taxed less for it.
0: Why does that not surprise me? Yeah. Oh, Fave, uh, like, it's, it's, like totally it, legit. seems like the sketchiest like big company I know, I've ever heard of. Like, they, I, I mean, I'm sure they're all in the up and up, but they you just get their stuff and there's like knockoff version of their shoes. And it's just like the weirdest it's the weirdest, coolest shoe company I know of. Just, yeah. Fe- just...
1: Yeah. Fayou, I think, just got bought a couple years ago uh, by a UK company. So now they're like, you know, like, um, you know, like the authentic Fayou. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah. Pretty, pretty much the same. Um, uh, Caleb was sent a pair of shoes from from them to like demo. And, uh, oh, sick. Know, review and stuff but even you know these like the authentic for you still have this like peach fuzz on the bottom of them that you had to like grind off with like a piece of sandpaper but um <laughs> no i mean you know the strike movement's cool because you know they de- they have like um uh parkour folks who they sponsor um just like um i'm trying to think i forget his actual name but on instagram he's uh you know i am wavezilla
0: i don't know oh he's yeah. so dope yeah, he's yeah. actually here out here in California, I think he's in, Where is he, in Oakland or something? Yeah, that's uh, yeah, right. Yeah, and he's he's got, what? what's their, uh, he has a gym, doesn't he? Oh, uh, I don't know. Um, yeah. He's a gym, but I, I think his, uh, he has like the team squadron or something like yeah, that. But, yeah. oh, that dude, just because we're talking about him, that dude has the sickest, like, dopest, just cleanest flow I've ever seen. I can watch that guy just move for hours. Like, he's he's up there with, um, what is it? I never can say his name right. Fosky, Fosky, Fosky what is his yeah. Name? yeah, like I think those two have the cleanest movement ever, and it's just yeah, it's dope. I don't know. Sorry, I just got I'm, I'm man crushing right now. I'm man crushing on that man's parkour skills.
1: Yeah, well, strike movement. There you go. I yeah. am <laughs> Wavezilla, endorsed by strike movement. Um, yeah. So, what? Well, well, it's funny. We kind of like got off track a little bit with like we were talking about like t- that, talk about more about parkour and chase tag. I think chase tag has a huge has huge potential to potentially monetize parkour and bring some kind of industry standard to parkour shoes because it's kind mm-hmm. of like it's almost like how the UFC started, right? UFC started kind of like underground like in people's backyards, right? And then mm-hmm. like now is like, you know, it 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 revolutionized MMA. So I feel like you know, what we're seeing in World Chase Tag is very similar, right? So like Underground uh, started to get media attention. Now it's on like a major TV network. And I think, yep. you know, it. the parkour lends itself to Chase Tag, right? Um, so I think it has huge, huge potential because it's like super easy to understand, right? Like you just don't get tagged by the other guy. That's the only rule, mm-hmm. Right um it's um you know the action is intense uh the stakes are high uh you can definitely get hurt you know real yeah. badly if you <laughs> mess up right so um you know people are on the edge of their seats whereas like you know it's it's hard like with things like you know like the red bull out of motion it's a very individual um event where like you know and you know, don't get me wrong like the stuff that folks are doing in like red bull out of motion are like you know, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And you know, with like, you know, same with NAPC, right? Um, you know, the speed skill style stuff is crazy, but it's still like an individual sport. So when mm-hmm. you have two people competing against each other, it kind of changes the dynamic of that situation. I think folks can kind of get more behind that. Some is a bit more primal, I guess.
0: Oh, for sure. And I think it's it's kind of embodies Everything parkour is about, you know, it started as a grassroots thing, and you know, so it's still owned really by the parkour people. They made it, you know, chase tag is just something, or just parkour tag rather, has been something people have done for since parkour was created, just to play around and like work on their skills and just have fun, right? So it's it's gone from just a you know a training and messing around technique to a real sport, and now you have teams, and like we were talking about before about monetizing parkour, you know, this gives people a chance to you know sell some like team swag and. Get the shoe brands and you know it's it turns into an actual um like an industry. What would it be. It, yeah, an industry that's accessible to the modern person um because it's interesting. Whereas, you know, the, all the other competitions, art art emotion and stuff, are super dope, but it's more it's more for the community. Right. Uh right. and a Red Bull just slaps a name on it because it's a you know, it's an extreme sport. But it's not for it's not for other people. It's for the community to, you know, express themselves and you know cheer cheer each other on and it's it's more of a it's not really competitive you know people aren't out there like hating on their co- opponents they're like you know giving them props if they do a good run and they go on and they try to beat them obviously but you know whereas chase tag it's like there's props to the other team but i'm we're gonna destroy you and we're gonna right. make it you know right. yeah. fast and fun yeah. so right,
1: right. Uh, so thoughts on have, have you seen ultimate tag
0: oh the ripoff yeah <laughs> i I've, I've seen i've seen clips of it I haven't really watched it because I was a little i was like man this is such a ripoff I was actually a little perturbed it kind of brought me back to the whole uh the whole gymnastics thing I was a little like put off by it but um well, yeah it's interesting you
1: know, it's interesting in that you know like i i watched the first season um and then you no know, as it went on you know it was like it was entertaining for like the first couple of episodes but then yeah, you, know, you would see like, it, yeah, it was very like kitschy and you know, like it was obviously yeah you know, reality TV, right? It was like very oh for gimmicky sure and like you know, like folks coming in, you know, like yeah, you know, like, here comes like the flow and Spitfire as opposed to like uh, Tavon McBee and Sydney Olson, right? Like it kind <laughs> of like it almost like delegitimizes the athlete you know what i mean it
0: totally does and the, a lot of those weren't a lot of those people who did who were the actual like chasers actually pro athletes parkour athletes and stuff it like was, they were well yeah
1: you know sydney olsen uh jesse oh was uh, sydney
0: olsen uh, yeah yeah uh,
1: oh for, yeah for sure for um uh, Larry tempest uh yeah Tavon, Tavon mcvee actually uh was in world chase tag in europe um, and Fox, uh, essentially, from what I understand, they signed a deal with him where he, you know, he got a spot on like you know, Fox TV, uh, that's great, but then couldn't be part of a world chase tag for five years, um, because of, you know, they, they want him to be on their show and not on uh, World Chase Tag, and I think obviously he is on World Chase Tag, and I think that's like that ship has sailed. <laughs> Sail. Sail. Oh, it, for it, sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh, the the thing. But I really like about World Chase Tag is that you know it's it's fun, it's easy to understand, but it doesn't like treat parkour like it's a child. You know what I mean? Like it 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 respects the athlete for their athletic prowess and their skill, whereas something like ultimate tag turns it into like a pageant. And, you know, I don't think people are going to remember ultimate tag, but I think people will remember world
0: chase tag. Well, world chase tag is like, it's, it's real. It's got that kind of gritty kind of feel to it. Like, it's just like, it feels like you're just watching people in some industrial area, just like, throwing down and having a great time versus you know like uh ultimate tag reminds me of that show that you may have never seen it in the 90s american gladiator Gladiator, yeah, yeah it's the same thing it's like these people with these stupid names and they're all like really good athletes in their own right but now they basically get bought out and are owned by the corporation that you know the cnbc or whoever it is and then um they change it and they don't make it a sport anymore it's a yeah it's a pageant show like you said where we're a world chase tag it's, here's these athletes these athletes are doing what they do best and they're gonna throw down with their best skills and not have to use these stupid names unless they choose to have a nickname or something right i mean it's them being them really authentic
1: yeah i mean it's just it's funny right like like with the um like the intros for the athletes are like on ultimate tag are like always the same like pre-recorded bs it's like you yeah. know jesse the Flair shows up and like you know I'm, I'm not gonna knock jesse the Flair. he's made a real name for himself he's a great actor sure. but like you know just like oh it's so kitschy it's like you fly in my airspace I'm gonna shoot you down whatever like it doesn't make any sense and then like they have like um like they have well <laughs> most of them on ultimate tag are parkour athletes but then there's like there's a couple like cirque de soleil acrobats and that makes sense but then they have like competitive weightlifters, like who thought that was going to be a good idea yeah <laughs> you know like uh whatever i don't know a real name but like the iron giantists or whatever like okay like lump like you know very strong competitive you know power lifter like mm-hmm. straight, great but like doesn't lend itself to like jumping over obstacles and stuff like that no so, not even close you know um man but you know world chase tag excites me a lot we actually had our own chase tag event like a couple weeks back over at um the warrior gym
0: yeah i saw some videos that it. It looked super awesome i was actually jealous i wasn't there it looked so much fun
1: yeah uh, i was emceeing the event and um it was it was a lot of fun and i feel feel like it led lent some authenticity to it you know having like a, a British announcer cause that's what they've done in the past. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the real experience. Um, so let's, let's wrap things up a little bit. Um,
0: cause we both get on with our, <laughs> our
1: day. Brent, if they want, if folks want to see more of your stuff, how do they see it?
0: Yeah. Uh, science of is really where I put everything I've been doing. Um, I have a science of falling Facebook page, uh, science falling Instagram is going to be science underscore of underscore falling. Um, and then also if you want to support the projects, if you care about getting these parkour techniques out into the community and really helping people out, um, you can buy my science falling logo t-shirt on, um, amazon.com. There's a link in my, uh, on my homepage of the science falling website. Um, do that. A small percentage of that goes directly into my project. I don't take any profits for myself. It goes all back into the project. So if you want to help out and, uh, get parkour uh, knowledge out into the world and change it a little bit. You can do that for me. Appreciate okay. it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and folks, you know, uh, if you want to see more of my stuff, uh, best place really to go to my Instagram first. So that would be the underscore ed underscore UK. That's a mouthful. And um, I have a link to my uh, YouTube channel on there too. So it'd be under, Edward Whitehead, and then in parentheses, the educator. Uh, new project I've like rolled out in the last like few weeks. Um, I've been lacking in the last like couple of weeks because I've been busy. But I got like um, you know tutorials for parkour movements. Um, I've got like reviews for like different footwear um you know how to find good parkour spots what to expect from a good parkour spot how to find parkour spots kind of just like general like parkour lifestyle culture and technique stuff so if you're interested please give that a look you know subscribe you know for like uh weekly videos it helps me out a ton uh just to get you know my services out there and uh, preach the parkour gospel
0: hi brother good seeing
1: you yeah likewise
0: man take care
1: you too